Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 7 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Doing well, man. Had a really nice day. Um, it's beautiful weather out. Took a walk with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Nice and sunny today. Uh, this week... Uh, earlier in the week, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of snow drizzle and some freeze warnings. There's and, a freeze warning for tonight. Actually, it's real dumb and lame. And uh, I think by Saturday, it's going to be in the mid seventies. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! I'm very excited for that. What's what is interesting, Dave? Now that I'm spending a lot of time at my desk, is that I have remembered that on my my fest my desk rather faces like. There's a narrow alleyway that runs right next to my house. Yeah. And there's like, on, on directly the other side of it. So basically, like, what I see when I look out my window is a brick wall. Yes. Yeah. It's not a great view. Well, except now that we're getting later in the year, there is a, there's some ivy that creeps along that wall. Oh, well, that's a delight. And so, like... I can't see it through my window yet, but there is a mirror. But you're getting there. There's a mirror next to my window, sort of like, you know, a 90 degree angle. So if I look in that mirror, I can see day by day the ivy getting closer and closer. So me finally getting like a little foliage right out the window. It's... I mean, you know, it's the it's the little things it's these the, days. I was gonna say you gotta find it where it is, man. Oh, it's uh, yeah, I love ivy. I love yeah, ivy. Yeah, I mean, except the fact that it's an invasive species and it's a real bear to get rid of if it gets into your yard. Well, Dave, but, it's uh, uh, not my ivy, not my brick wall. There you go. Uh, but it's very nice. It looks very nice. It's nice to see. You know what else is nice to see, Dave? Nice to watch episode seven of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called What's This? The Clingy Bothersome Girl. Yeah, it's a real good episode. It's extremely good. It was written by Naruhusa Arakawa. Uh, its original air date was March 28th, 1997. You can, of course, watch it on ShoutFactory.tv or on the DVDs, should you have them. Yeah, honestly, man, I'm just kind of waiting. I'm assuming they're going to have to drop a clunker, like, at some point, but so far... That's going to be another couple of weeks at least. Uh, I can tell you that. But it's certainly not this week, or next week, or in a few. But Dave, we are going to talk about that. But of course, first, Dave, okay. Normally, of course, as always, Shining in the Heavens, there's our officially award-winning opening segment. But you know what I was thinking a lot about, Dave? What are you thinking a lot about, Matt? I was thinking a lot... Tomorrow's Wednesday. Yep. And once a month, on Wednesdays, typically speaking, I go to Pizza Club. Yeah, you've got a jacket and everything. I got a jacket and everything. I got special pizza socks, Dave. I I got a I got an enamel pin that says Pizza Club. We didn't. It's have, a whole thing. We didn't have them made. I just found it on Etsy. Um, Do you have a hat? I feel like you should get a trucker hat. Uh, you know, I'm not a big hat guy. No, I know you're not. But you know, once a month. Uh, anyway, so I I've been missing it. We we did a we did sort of like a a, a Zoom call Pizza Club last month. But, you know, like, I'm just used to going out to pizza a lot, and I haven't been, and I've really been missing it, and I've really been thinking about pizzas that I like. So I thought that this week, because listen, 
we like we've we've already won the official opening segment award. Uh, at least three out of the five years that we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, Dave, it's probably in the bag. I'm pretty sure we're gonna win next year too. You know, I, I think yeah, I think but five you know stars what? has got a you know got a good thing going. No, I hear you. I hear you. But you know, just doing the same thing, it feels. It feels like punching down, honestly. You know what it is? It just feels like having established dominance, just doing it over and over. Right. And over now we're again. now we're just rubbing it's, other podcasts' nose in the it's dirt. It's almost it's you it's almost a little tasteless. But you know what's tasty, Dave? Is pizza toppings. So what what if we do a segment where instead of five stars, we do top five the top five toppings. The top of the tops, Dave. Top of the tops. New segment. So okay, Dave. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into this new segment uh, that I think we should call "Top of the Tops." And now it's time for "Top of the Tops." For your pizza. Okay, Dave, what is your number five pizza topping? Okay, my number five pizza topping. It's interesting that you should bring this up, Matt, uh, because we didn't discuss it earlier, but I was just kind of thinking about my top five pizzas. Interesting. You would randomly be doing that without any prompting. It is wild, yeah. Um, It's actually pretty crazy that you would spring this on me because I did have three fabulously exciting stars, like, ready to go. There's so much going on right now, Dave, in all of our personal lives. I was gonna say it's hard to like pick and choose. I mean, I got this. I, I got this ivy schedule. thing going on. <laughs> um. So my my number five, Matt. Nobody. I don't have a Twitter, so you can't at me. But like, don't spiritually at me. Uh I'm gonna go. I'm saying pineapple bacon. Ooh. I'm not a pineapple ham guy. Here's why. Ham doesn't get crispy and crunchy enough. So you've just got soft pineapple, soft cheese, and then soft ham. Bacon gets like crumbly and crunchy. And then you've got the pineapple. I used to not, I used to like not be a pineapple on pizza guy. And it's still not an all the time thing. But if somebody shows up with pineapple bacon pizza, like I'm, I'm into it. Well, Dave, you, I am into it. You may be interested to hear my top five, uh, my number five on my top five pizzas toppings. Uh, it is this combination: jalapeno peppers. Okay, I'm already interested. Pepperonis. All right, and pineapple. Huh, that is an interesting combination for me. Break. Break that down. Well, I don't know that I would pair pepperoni with with jalapenos. Well, I can see pepperoni and pineapple. Well, pepperoni and pineapple. Let's say okay. So pepperoni, pineapple, and peppers. Jalapenos specifically. Yeah. So you get you get the heat from the jalapeno. You get the salty zestiness from the pepperoni, and then you get like okay. the, the sweetness that sort of cuts and refreshes, like cuts the saltiness and the zestiness from the pepperoni, and also sort of like is a bit, like, you know, calming and refreshing from the pineapple. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I find it. it to be a very pleasant flavor combination and sensation now, combination. 
Now, I should say, regarding pineapple, this is very much, I think, a, uh, a scenario in which, you know how, like, people who are extremely attractive can get away with things that if you weren't extremely attractive would be, like, very creepy, right? Okay. Uh, I feel like pineapple on pizza is very much the same way. Like... It's got to be very good pineapple. Like, we, you need to have high... Like, you cannot skate by on low-quality pineapple, in my opinion. Now, man, I got to say, Dave, I don't agree. Like, what I just, no? what I just said, good? pepperoni, jalapeno, and pineapple, that's my Domino's order. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, uh, no I'm really... I like it, but I want it to be very good pineapple. In the same way that, like, okay, I, I would like a mushroom pizza with an extremely good mushroom on it. But I don't like a pizza with a kind of good mushroom on it. I would you actually prefer a pizza with like those crummy like canned mushrooms than a pretty good mushroom. No, I there I'm 100% with you. Or the the kind of shrivelly dried up ones. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I actually am not particularly interested in a in a really good mushroom on my pizza. Like if I have access to really good mushrooms, there's different things I'm going to do with them. I'm probably not going to put them on pizza. Uh, what Matt is your number four topping? Dave, number four topping. This is not so much a like full thought as it is just like, here's something that is really good on a lot of pizzas that does not often get put on a pizza. Mm. And Dave, that is a fried egg. I'm def love a fried egg on a pizza. Love a fried egg on a pizza. The the first time I've had it a few times. Um, there's a place over by you called Vero that does uh, extremely good pizzas that have eggs on them. You know, astonishingly, I have lived in this neighborhood for like ten years. I've never eaten there. You, one, one again, once you can get out, uh, you should. Vero is extremely tasty. Or if any of you listeners are on the east side of Cleveland, Vero, one of my top east side pizza picks. Um, but yeah, an egg on a pizza, like the pizza's mostly done and then they just like crack an egg on it and put it in the oven. Um, and then it just sort of like cooks in the middle. So when you cut it open, you get like a, some runny yolk on the pizza. Super, mm. super good. Yeah. Do love a runny yolk. I'm actually really excited. I have recently managed to turn the twins onto runny, runny egg yolks. Like in the past, they've been kind of resistant, but I've mm -hmm. sort of, I've sort of been working them around like slowly and uh, and now they're like, yes, we like runny yolk. And I was like, felt it was a good moment. It there, was a proud dad moment. Th there is one of the pizzas at Vero that A, has egg on it, but also has a, and, and this is something that's actually, I, I may bring up later on a different pizza, um, a light drizzle of honey. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I've definitely, I was going to say, I don't know that I've ever had that. I do know. I haven't. Uh, it's not something that's good on all pizzas, but like a light drizzle of honey on a pizza, like you can work. It can oh, work. I can Cause, see cause it. The thing is, you don't necessarily taste the honey itself. You're more just like getting some residual sweetness that contrasts with the other flavors on the pizza. No, I got it. I got it. Works especially I can, I can well sort with, of envision it. Uh, I, I, I we'll come back to this on my number two. In my in my mind's tongue, I can... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about to say my mind's eye, but it's like, I just don't have anything to do with it. It's my mind's tongue. 
Uh, okay. Well, uh, Dave, let's stop using that phrase. And you tell me what your fourth pizza is. Now I feel good about it, Matt. My number four, it's also a little bit unusual. It's the pierogi pizza. Ooh. Okay. Now. Yeah. Here's here's what you got to Now, first of all, if you're envisioning a regular pizza with red sauce and cheese and pierogies on it, that's not what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. I was, I, this, I, is, this a, is the clarity I was looking for. Because I have had that right. too. Not a, Not a red sauce, but a white sauce, I think. That does not, frankly, sound very good. It was not. Here's it was a huge disappointment. Talk- yeah, here's the pizza that I'm talking about. I've actually only ever had it in one place. It's a Southside bar in Pittsburgh called Mike's. I think I it was Mike's. Say. Yeah. Anyways, here's what it is. It is a white pizza with just uh, you know like a garlic and oil sauce, and then in lieu of toppings, there's uh, like a thin sheet of mashed potato, and then cheese. And then just some raw red onions, and then you cook it like a pizza. So it's basically like a giant open-faced pierogi on pizza dough instead of like pasta dough. It's extremely good. It's shockingly good. Yeah, like if you if you were hearing what I said, you're like, oh, that sounds kind of weird and heavy. You're probably envisioning too much mashed potato. Uh, it's yeah, it's killer, Matt. What's your uh, what's your number three, bud? Dave, number three. Here's another uh, here's another ingredient that you can toss on probably more pizzas than you're already doing. Is uh, a pesto. Now here's, Matt, here's I'm I'm going to tell you we didn't talk about these before we did it. Pesto is also my number three. <laughs> pesto is very good, and here's the nice thing about pesto, Dave. You don't have to make it out of basil. You don't. You can do. I mean. I should I mean, say, often basil you is my favorite. Yeah, basil is my favorite pesto. But you can do pesto out of almost anything. You know what's really nice? Weirdly, carrot top pesto. I don't think I've ever Not had that. Not the comedian. Sure, right. That would be weird. There is a... Uh, there is On a number of levels. One, one, one of my favorite Westside pizza joints, uh, Il Rione, um, they have a pizza with an arugula pesto. Oh, yeah, super, I can see that. Super, super good. They actually, they've got another pizza that just has like... Fresh arugula on top. Not a ton, just some. The thing about that pizza is that it's very good when it's fresh. It is almost better the next day because the arugula has like never quite fully wilts because they put it on after they've uh, after they cook the pizza and it comes out of the oven. Now, are you seeing a red sauce pizza with like pesto on top as a topping or pesto instead of the red sauce? Dave, honestly, both. I was just, I'm going to say, I'm with you on both. I'm just clarifying. The, uh, the, the, one, that, the, the one at Orione that uses an arugula pesto is a red sauce pizza. It's called the green yeah, pie. Yeah, I can see that. Super good. No, it also that makes has sense fried to me. I sage like, leaves on it. Oh, I feel like putting a ton of arugula pesto might be, I feel like that's a flavor that goes a long way. It's, it's, it's in like blobs on the pizza. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Specifically, I think for an arugula pesto. Anyway, Dave. Oh, yeah. So your three also is pesto. Very nice. Well, clo- it is. My number three includes pesto. There is an additional element, and it's actually, I thought of them together, but I think it's actually sort of in your category of things you can put on more pizzas and probably aren't. Ricotta cheese. Ooh. Yeah. Like some, some dollops of ricotta on a pizza. Not a lot. Because it's a very creamy kind of heavy cheese, but a little bit here and there, particularly if you are having it some with like with something that's like really flavorful, like pepperoni or sausage or jalapenos or something, it's great. It's got a beautiful texture and it kind of browns on the top. I think a little cracked red or a little uh, black pepper on there. It's excellent. 
Excellent. Okay, Dave, then what is your number two? Okay, honestly, man, I know we've had like a fair amount to say about all of these. My number two, I don't have anything to say about it. It's not even terribly interesting. I just really like pizza with sausage, like Italian sausage, uh, onion, and roasted red pepper. Love that. Like I don't know. There's no, there's no commentary on that. It's just a very good pizza. It's a great combo. Uh, that is another like, actually I usually go with green, green pepper instead of roasted red pepper. Uh, I'm, I like green pepper or fresh red pepper is fine. But if I have a if red roasted red pepper is available, that's what I'm going to go for. Uh, that is another, that is another one of what I think of is just like a, whatever like delivery pizza is around you, that's a great option. Yeah, like you're going to have trouble going wrong with, with sausage, onion, and pepper. Like I'm, I'm uh, not going to necessarily get that if I go to like the fancy pizza shop. But like, again, that's a, like, if you're stuck with Domino's, that's a great Domino's order. Yeah. Uh, so Matt, what's your number two? Dave, my number two is, uh, it is specifically, okay, it is the idea of spiciness on your pizza. Mm. Now this can take a few different forms. This can be like your list is definitely like far more conceptual than mine. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like I, Dave, I eat a lot of. I go out for pizza a lot, and so although I do have favorite pizzas, what I more have is like things that I look for on a menu that like jump out at me. Mm. So like. For example, there is a again. There's there's one of these at Vero. There's one of these at uh, there's a place called Spicy or Saucy Brew Works. That's not as good, but it's pretty good on the west side. Uh, again, Orione has a, a another thing like this where it'll have like a spicy salami and like some like Calabrian oh. chili on there. I dig it. Uh, the the one at Vero I think has a spicy salami, like slivers of jalapeno. And a little bit of honey drizzle, which like you know, that sounds excellent. It's Dave. It is so good. <laughs> okay, all right. We've been talking about so, this for a while. What is your number one pizza, Matt? I'm very curious. I'm very curious if we have the same number one. I I really hope we do. I'm not pinning too much on it, but I think it would be really great. My number one is. Is buffalo style pepperoni, Dave? You know, I was thinking about that. It actually did not make my list because I wanted to go wow. a different way with my number one. Okay, so here's what. Okay, so I've done a little research into this, Matt, because I can't find any pepperoni that does this. This is called, by the way, if you're looking for to know what this is, uh, the colloquial name for it is cup and char pepperoni, and there's a reason, Matt, that. You can't just go, it, the, like, no pepperoni you try to use at home works. It's because it's a very specific pepperoni that is only made by one company. Okay. That invented it in, like, in like the 70s or something, like the 60s or 70s. Uh, and they're based in Buffalo. And they are called um, Battistoni, Italian Specialty Meats, established 1931. And uh, it was like an Italian immigrant, and he lived in Buffalo, and he started selling this stuff, and he invented this recipe. And until fairly recently, like, it was not available in stores. Like, they didn't do, like, whole—they didn't do public orders. They're like a wholesaler. 
Okay, right? so like you could only buy it if you were a pizzeria. Yeah, right. So like now I I I did find it. They do they will ship it to you if if you want it. But uh but yeah, it's this very specific type of pepperoni. It's got a very small radius and apparently the reason that it does this is it has a natural casing. So when the pepperoni cooks, you lay it flat on the pizza and then when it cooks as it heats, the casing shrinks. All right? Mhm. And that causes the pepperoni to like cup up yeah like curls up yeah it curls up but it makes a little bowl because it's curling you know it's curling all around the radius and then the top of the pepperoni chars a little bit because it's away from the rest of the pizza and so the heat of the oven so it's like a little bit crunchy and charred on the outside and then it's chewy in the middle of the pepperoni well sure because what uh, what, what happens is that like as the pepperoni cooks since it's curled up, the grease can't, like, go elsewhere, so it gets trapped in the center, which which goes further, like, keeping the center part, like, softer than the crispy part. Yeah, and then you've got this little, like, little cup of, oh, man, it's, like, it's bonkers good. Um, it's, it's very, very good. And, uh, I think we've mentioned it before. There's a, a specific pizzeria in Buffalo. It's called Bocce's. Uh, it's the best pizza I've ever eaten. Matt. What is your number one? Dave, I, I I feel like this is a bit of a cheat because it's barely a pizza topping. It's just a margarita pizza. Just like a straight... No, that's a pizza topping. Just like that's... a straight up margarita pizza, like some basil on top, uh, like some good basil on top, maybe a little oil, maybe a little garlic in there or something. But like the a, a solid margarita pizza is just like unimpeachable and in fact and it's it's one of those things that having gone like having gone to a bunch of pizza places the margarita pizza is always the control pizza that we get right okay so like that makes a ton of sense because it's on almost every pizza menu and if someone can make the margarita pizza like like really delicious, then you can kind of judge them based on that. Whereas like if you go in somewhere and they've got a pizza with like chopped jardinera on it, like that might be delicious, but you know, the jardinera is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Whereas a good margarita pizza, like it's, you really have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Like you just kind of have to make a good pizza and it's, I just love it so much. Yeah, that's legit, man. That's legit. Well, this has been Top of the Tops. For your pizza! Yes, Dave, uh, we will get back to talking about our thrilling and busy lives next week. Uh, But for now, we're going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 7 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. We have just finished watching episode 7. What's this? The clingy, bothersome girl. Uh, rules. Rules, actually. Yeah. Uh, we start off. Chisato. Sorry, I felt like I should have said something there. It just did rule, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, I just stated a fact and then we moved on. It didn't necessarily need more commentary. Um, <laughs> we start off and Chisato is... Uh, at school, at 
night, but not in the school. She's out in the, the courtyard. Um, she has a telescope set up, and she has her digital camera plugged into the telescope. And Dave, yeah. Dave, I just had a thought, actually. Okay. So she is like the digital camera ranger, right? Like, that is her yeah. superpower. That is her thing. And she has here a digital camera. Do you mm-hmm. remember in the first episode when they had to, like, pull all of their electronics oh, out of their like, backpacks? Was, to, like, was that the thing that yeah, she had? Yeah, did she have, like, did she have the camera and did Miku have the cell phone? Because Miku is the cell phone ranger? I am pretty sure that Miku did, in fact, have a cell phone. I mean, no, Shun this obviously, falls apart a little bit. Shun did not have a digital television. Yeah. Does, yeah I was going to say, we can't take this too far, but... Still. Anyway, I but I do like that she is not just, like... That's not just the superpower she randomly got stuck with. She is a, like, she is a photography... She is a photographer. Yeah, like, that is that is her thing. Um, so, and then Ko comes out. And it's like, oh, Trisanto, Ko, Kuichiru, sorry, like, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing here? And uh, Kuichiru, turns out, has been running, like, combat simulations. Yeah. She says, are you here this late at school a lot? And he's like, oh, yeah. I've just been running combat simulations on the computer club machines. So I guess he just has a key to the school or something. You know, it is, uh, yeah, like, depending, it's actually, like, weirdly easy sometimes to get into schools. Yeah, I guess so. There's, like, late night um, extracurriculars, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, which, anyway, so that's what he's doing here. And they're hanging out, and they're talking. Shizato says, like, yeah, you know, I'm here. I like to take photographs. Actually, my dream someday is to be a frontline journalist. So I guess she wants to be like a like a war correspondent photographer. Well, that you, I mean, there are other front lines, you know. Maybe it just means like out in the street getting the real action. Maybe, uh, but yeah, I, she's I, a, I took it to mean the front lines. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you could. Maybe I don't know. I mean, hey, she's a superhero. Uh, if she is not, uh, if she is not qualified to do it, I don't know who is. So, you know, they just like a little tender moment, right? They're friends. This is very nice. And they see a shooting star. How lovely. And then we just hear this voice shouting, Ko! 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 And it's a girl's voice. And Shisato's like, like, what is going on? And Koichiru... Man, it's very difficult to describe the face that Kuichiru makes. But this dude has an extraordinarily expressive face. <laughs> he does. And it is a, it is a, it is, he is uh, simultaneously like slightly annoyed, a little bit embarrassed. Because what it turns out is, as I said, it's a girl's voice. It's a, it's, it's a girl. Yes. And her name is Mishima. And she she arrives yelling at Ko Koichiru for stepping out on her, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively. Like, how, how like, dare you be out here with some strange woman? Who is this? She's she's like luring you astray. <laughs> she is leading you astray. 
And she's not just like, oh, like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here as regards you two, but like, we're just friends. And uh, Mishima is not hearing it. She's like, no, I am his girlfriend. We are soulmates. He agreed. And now we are together forever. Uh, Chisato, uh, Koichiru is continuing. Now, I would like to point out that she does call him Ko, which I have been doing just sort of inadvertently because it's in my notes. Yes. But I would like it to be noted that it is justifiable to call him Ko. Well, okay. Like that's an okay she, she, shortened version of his name. She is specifically calling him Ko-chan because she is in love with this man. <laughs> well, Matt... Listen, uh, I'm not. I might be a little bit too. The heart wants what it wants. Well, okay. I, listen, I can't blame him. He's a, he's a very good black ranger. So, <laughs> so um, so Kuchu is continuing to be uh, super embarrassed he's like by this. Kind of hiding behind Shizato a little bit. Yeah, uh, Shizato, by the way, is loving this. I was gonna say she is eating this with a spoon. This is the greatest thing that has happened to her all week. Uh. Mishima's like, she says like, listen, like, this is not what it, what you think it is. We're just friends. I'm, we happen to be at school together right now. Like, do not worry about me. Like, we're both uh, like, in the digital club. It gets yeah, I will not get in the way of your young love. Um, uh, and Mishima says like, well, the, see, see that you don't mess with my, with my man again. Because if you do, the stars above may forgive you, but I will not. <laughs> I love like the intensity of declaration that comes out of the mouths of characters in Sentai shows. Uh, but they are suddenly further drama is uh, forestalled because there's a gigantic like electrical. It's not a lightning bolt. It is like a highly localized, super intense lightning storm. Uh, it blows a building clean in half. Yes. Weirdly, horizontally. not down, like horizontally. <laughs> yeah, like it hits <laughs> it in the side and then the top half just falls over. Yeah. Um, so this, You know how you know, lightning whole... is famous for hitting buildings in the side? Right, and then cutting it in half like it's an anime ninja. Uh, so we go from there to Mega Base, and it's Dr. Kubota. And interestingly, I don't think Tall Steve is there. But Dr. Kubota says, ah, another lightning strike. That's like 17 lightning strikes. Yeah, they're happening all over the globe. Yeah, like it's targeting all these major cities. Obviously, something's going on. And he, uh, he's he got the rangers on a call. And uh, then we find out it's this is the next morning. Because like they're all there and it's yeah. daytime. And they're like, well... Like, obviously this is... Like, obviously this is the Nezere. Right. Like, we don't know how. Because, uh, like, we haven't picked up anything on radar. Yeah, Kubota's like, I we, guess they're controlling weather from space or something. Like, that's kind of, yeah. Like, he doesn't have any evidence for this. He's just sort of deducing. He's like, well, this is kind of the only option. Right, like, this is not how lightning works. So, clearly, it's the Nezere. <laughs> yeah. So, they're like, well, if we can't find anything on radar, maybe it's a stealth craft of some sort. And uh, Kenta amazingly has a moment of like intelligence and insight and he says well even if it's a radar like a stealth radar craft we should still be able to just see it like it's not literally invisible right 
Which reminds Chisato, like, ah, yes. Like, well, we, we don't see this right now. Right now we just see that she has a thought. But her thought right. is, like, last night when lightning struck, I had my camera plugged into a telescope aiming at where it was happening. Maybe there's something there. Right. Uh we get a quick thing. Uh, we're over in the Nezere dimension, and Shibalina is like, "Yes, this experiment is working super well. Like, I'm. This is all. This is the great plan." Uh, Hinalar is really into it. Uganda Uganda rolls up. <laughs> I love Uganda's problem with it. His problem with it is not that it's ineffective, but that it's like. It's just not, like, he's really into, like, Elephant Nezere and, like, Rhino Nezere. He's like, this plan, it seems to be effective, but it sucks and is lame. What we should do is just get a giant monster and tramp him down there, and he's just going to, like, punch a whole bunch of stuff real hard. Like, that's awesome. I do really like this, because we're in episode seven now, right? Like, we have seen a few Shibalina episodes, or we, this is now our second Shibalina episode, and we've yep. gotten a few Yagande episodes. Right. And I really like that the two of them have very different approaches. Like, Yagande is like, let's send down the biggest guy that we have and have him literally push on a building until it falls over. Like, that's what we need to do. And Shivalina is like, no, I'm going to hypnotize all of these people and like use the computers to get into their brains to put together this secret plot. Yeah, they do. It's very cool that they have very different vibes. Uh, BBDB, like, and then Hitler's like, shut up. Like, this is a great plan. BBDB rolls in. It's like, ha ha, like, you got told off. And then Uganda they just reaches out and, like, backhands him across the room. You, uh, BBDB, not Nanilar. Uh Just, like, backhands him across the room. Yes. In, in a moment where Uganda is channeling all of us. Yeah. So, Dr. Hitler says, this is why this is a great plan. He says, I know we're only targeting the major cities, but if we can target the major cities and destroy the metropolises, that'll, like, this will do right. it. Right, we'll sort of, like, cut the knees out, or cut them down at the knees. Uh, so, so that'll be uh, great. Yeah. yeah, so then we jump back, and it's all of the rangers, and they're in the Digital Research Club, and Shisato is like, oh, here's my pictures. And then she enhances, and enhances, and enhances. I do want to take a second here. I can't believe you never said this. I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate Shun's hair. Oh, Shun has straight up like 1980s drawn by Alan Davis hair. It's amazing. Uh, It's just like, it's perfectly coiffed. It's always, it's just like, it's a great hairstyle and it looks, but it looks good on him. And uh, it's just like a real intense anime style hairstyle it looks very cool we haven't mentioned it in the past kenta on the other hand in the early episodes kenta's hair was like slicked back yeah it looked great now he's kind of now yeah it's like it's the same like it kind of feels like he's like listen i've seen a lot of people's hair in the last couple of weeks weeks to months just sort of get a little too floofy and out of control, but they don't know what to do about it because they can't get him, get it taken care of. Uh, mm. That is kind of what Kenta's head is starting to look like. It's just this big puffball that he doesn't do anything to. 
Yeah, he does. Uh, he looked a lot better with it slicked down. So anyways, they, they're looking at this picture and they say like, ah, clearly, like they see something, a sort of like vague outline of a shape, but they can't quite make it right. out. And they say like, dude, that's super high up in the atmosphere. That's up in the Van Allen belt. Right. And, and uh, Chisato had did a little research previously and she knows that there were not any, like she checked some uh, satellite charts or whatever to make sure that, like, there wasn't any, like, space junk floating by that she could have gotten a picture of. She knows oh, yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. if they're seeing something there, it's because it's the Nezere. Yes. So, uh, they tell Dr. Kubota. Dr. Kubota says, like, yeah, okay, like, here's what we'll do. We'll split into two teams. One of you guys go check out the Space Center. Maybe they'll have photos. And then uh, some of the, the other team, sorry, uh, Kenta, Mitsu, Miku, and uh, Shun... You guys ranger up and head up into space, right? But do so. But like, the do be careful because when you go to the space observatory station, like, had they seen something weird last night, they would have reported it in, and I would have heard about it. And that didn't. And they did. That didn't happen. And we know that their cameras were probably pointed that way, uh, and we know that something was there. So if they like, he's like theorizes. If they didn't call it in, maybe they are being controlled. Dude, this is this is one of the things. I'm very impressed with Mega Ranger because I know we talk a lot about like, hey, could you give me like the five seconds needed to to create an explanation for this thing that like you should have thought about or would have made sense? And I feel like Mega Ranger is doing a great job. With little things like this, be like, hold up, dude. How would this space center not notice it? Right. And Dr. Kubota's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, here's here's what's going on. And be prepared because this might be the case. And uh, I just like, that's really, like, like the writing in this show is very tight. Yeah, and it, and it does a long, it goes a long way towards making the world of the show feel more lived in. You know, like, in a way that in a series like Car Ranger, you don't get much of. Because it's so, like, set-up punchline, this feels more like a world where these characters are living. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to say that. I like Car Ranger. um, That is not like a dig on Car Ranger. It's just a different style. Yeah, it's just a different show. So, Chisato and Koichiru are going to go off and check out the Space Center. And Chisato's like, yes. Like, she's practically jumping up and down with glee. Uh, at the opportunity to mess with Kuichiru more about this. Oh, and bef- before they split up... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there was a bit where Kenta says... We're, like, th- okay, we said that there was a lot of like good writing. This is just like a weird thing they threw in that is not necessarily reflective of our previous praise. Um, I think they just needed a way to bring up Mishima again. And so Kenta says, well, if this Nezere comes back... The stars above may forgive them, but I will not. And th- and that reminds Chisato, like, oh, right. I need to be teasing my friend about this girl. Like, just mercilessly. And they're like, and then so she says something and the rest of the Rangers are like, wait, what now? What? Just go have a girlfriend? Like, this is the most amazing thing we've ever heard. The, the, like, let us, there, please. There's a moment where Koichiru was running away, and Chisato was like, Kochan, come back. Uh, like, yeah, mocking her, they... like, pretend, or, pretending to be Mishima in that moment. But Miku is like, wait a second. 
are you in love with Kurichiru? Uh, Which you know has got to disappoint her, because just last episode, we know that Miku wants to be dating Chisato. Yeah. So, we we go from there. Uh, it's a quick shot. Uh, Kenta, Miku, and Shun in space. They're like, dude. And they're still talking about, they're still dishing on this hot cause. Which is amazing. Uh, they're like, dude, is this possible well, that like, Ko has okay, a girlfriend? Okay, Kenta and like, Miku are. Shun is telling them to shut up and get serious about <laughs> this job. <laughs> because yeah. of course he is. So there's a huge bolt of lightning. And they're like, that is definitely not, there's no lightning in space. That's not how lightning do. That's, that's not how lightning go. Uh, that is an Ezra. Okay. So we go back down. Back on Earth. Kuichiru and and uh, Chisato are walking to the space station. And the, and Chisato's like, listen, just tell me what is going on with this girl. And she's like, listen. Or Kuichiru's like, uh, I am... He's like, listen, man. I, I really... I'm not totally sure, and I'm very perturbed by this situation. He's like, we're not dating. Here's what's going on. And we get a flashback, and what it is is that Mishima saw that his jacket was, like, missing a button or something, and she's sewing it on, and then Kuchu walks into the room, and she says, hey, I fixed your jacket. And Kuchu's like, oh, um, cool thanks and she says you're a great guy and like you're good at school and i really look up to you would you see me again and koichu's like yeah i uh, yeah sure of course like no problem and then she like runs to the window and yells to the world like koichiro is mine we'll be together forever (laughs) like this is the greatest day of my entire life and then we flash back, and Kuchu's like, that's it? He's like, I thought she wanted to study. Yeah, like something. she needed help with her homework. Like, and all she wants to do is go shopping and just like goof around. And Chisato's like, you idiot. Like, what what is wrong with you? A, I can't believe you didn't like see what was happening, which is not entirely fair. Um, and B, like, I don't know, man. Mishima's cute. What are like she clearly like, like roll with she's it. clearly into you. She thinks you're already dating. She is cute. Why don't you just date her? Kucha's like, man, I'm a su- I'm like I'm a superhero. I'm trying to get good grades. Like I don't have time for this. I gotta be running all my battle simulations all night. Like it takes a long time. Uh, and then astonishingly, Mishima just shows up, and uh, oh, and, she's it, and it's especially bad him. because. Just before she shows up, Chisato grabs Ko by the arm and is like, listen, Koichiru, like, here's my brilliant plan. We're going to get into this space station. I'm going to hold your arm and pretend that we're dating. And if we're a couple, then they're bound to, like, let us in and believe our ridiculous lies. Yeah, like, that it's, uh, like, this will be believable. It is at least not a complete thought, but it does set up like putting them in a compromising position for when Mishima comes out of the f- corner, like on an abandoned road in the woods outside of the space station. Yeah, and she's like, "You're being led astray again," and Kuichiro's just like, "Just run, just go, just get like just we need to get, get out, out of here. here." So they run, uh, and then she's chasing them. We go back to the Nazare dimension. 
Shibalina is enjoying a nice glass of wine. The reddest wine you've ever seen. <laughs> well, uh, it would be the reddest wine you've ever seen unless you also watched Jetman. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it's the same vintage gray drinks. Yeah, it's... it. Guys, you know how red wine isn't actually red? This is just straight up fruit punch in a wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got this, like, Maybe dude, it is fruit punch in a wine glass. No, that makes sense. Uh, so, you got is like, what are you doing? Like, we need to destroy the earth, and you're chilling out having a having a glass of Cabernet. And Chivalier is like, no, it's fine. Things are taken care of. B. Nezere is going to... The plan is in motion. It is foolproof. This is an amazing, like, we're, we're good. Cut back down to the space station. Kuichiru and Chisato walk in, are immediately confronted by a scientist who wants to know why they're there. It's, a, a, by the way, a scientist who is like very clearly like on his creep, like something is going on with this dude, very obviously. Right, like they did not give him like evil brainwashed eye makeup, but they might as well have. So... Chisato is like, oh, sorry, like we're on a date and we were looking for the planetarium, which is the like it's the it's the worst excuse. (laughs) All she she got as far as like on a date. Here's another space oriented thing. (laughs) But like the scientist (laughs) is like, like, I will tell you, well, this is clearly not the planetarium. You're not allowed to be in here. You have to leave immediately. And then he only gets as far as just, like, pushing them out the nearest door and then just kind of returns to whatever it was he was doing. And I, now I will tell you, as it happens, our dad used to work for NASA. And every once in a while, we have to go, like, pick him up. Uh, like, when I got my driver's license, I would have to go. And, like, it's a government facility. There's security. Right. You cannot just, like... If I was just, like, wandering around... Now, actually... I guess it would depend on the size of the installation, because I think if you were just wandering around... Well, if you were clearly a high school student, people would have questions. Anyways, this is a terrible excuse. It doesn't work at all. But, like, there was a gate with a guard. Yeah, so... Which, to to be uh, fair to Mega Ranger, in the first episode at the other space station, that was very much more like the setup that I'm used to. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, obviously, we're not really going to leave. And so they kind of sneak around. And as they're walking past one of the buildings, they hear this weird voice. And it says, things are going well. The rangers have no idea. And they're like, ooh, that clearly is something that we're interested in. So we we go and, uh, like, Kuichiro, like, gets down on all fours. And Shisato sort of, like, stands up on his back. And she peeks in the window. Now, I'm going to say something that is going to seem weird that I'm pointing it out now. But as the camera is panning by, like her skirt flies up and you do see a shot of her underwear. Normally, I would not mention this, but it will become relevant in a moment. Chisato looks in the window and she sees uh, like a hologram of Shibalina. And Shibalina is in there like... Hey, what is up, my 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 enthralled dudes? Welcome to my TED talk. Yeah, yeah. And so they start explaining something, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's Shibalina. And then Kuichu sort of like turns around and starts to say something to her, and then he immediately turn like flips his head back around. He's like, "Oh, I was not peeking." And here's why. Like this is a weird moment to me, because. He feels the need to specify, like, oh, I wasn't looking up your skirt. Which, like, 
great job, Kuchiru. Like, that is what you should... You have done the right thing. You should not do that. But, like, apparently it's okay for us, like, the viewing audience. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, listen, it it was... I don't think it was shot in a way that was especially... Like, it was not a creep shot. It was just a no. camera angle oh, yeah. to no, let I you know that a creep shot could have been possible. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like it was supposed to be a creep shot. It was just weird to me that it was like... There was really, like a panty shot, and then Koichi was like, oh, I wasn't looking at your panties. But like, well, the whole viewing audience of Power Rangers just did. So, or Mega Ranger. Anyways, here's where we get the plan. Here's what's actually going on. The space center Here is, is the halfway connected. point of the episode. We are running very long this week. Yeah. So, uh, there's an attack network using the satellites that like the space station is the space center is connected to and it's like there's uh they're they're using satellites to do super lightning attacks this whole plan is very weird and also i have no idea why it's a b nezare like it could have been electric eel nezare because it's lightning attacks it could have been some sort of stealth animal because it's like hidden somehow but they're like no nah, man we're just gonna go with bees i mean okay here's the thing though b nezare looks amazing dude b nezare is super super b nezare has one of maybe top 10 top 10 costume designs in Sentai that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, uh, looks extraordinarily cool. I think last week I was telling you, like, the monsters are going to get good soon, and I was specifically thinking about Beanezeray. Uh So, yeah, so they have created a network using all of the various space stations, and how it's going to work is that Beanezeray can, like, generate these huge electricity storms. And once this whole network is created... Beanezare will just like zap once into the network and it will strike at all of the locations at the same time, therefore like crippling the planet. Yes. Uh, which that's like a, that's a very good plan. Chibalina plans are good. Yeah. So they're like, and also it'll be ready to go in 10 minutes. Great timeline. Uh, and then Mishima just shows up, like just walks into the lab. Right. And is like, hey, have any of you adults seen my coach on? And they're like, no, we haven't. Also get her. And Mishima's like, oh no. So she runs outside and immediately bumps into the uh, Kune Kune, the purple twisty up faced uh, putties. The putties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and she faints immediately. Yeah. Immediately. It's great. And uh, there's a little bit of human fighting as Kuchiru and Shibalina uh, and uh, Chisato intervene. And they're like, oh, actually, this is great. Like, she's passed out. She's not going to notice. Like, time for henshin. So they henshin. And then they fight a little bit more. And then when they get some space, uh, Mega Yell is like, okay, like, take her to where she can be safe. And then I'll keep fighting. And <laughs> Kuchiru's like, I don't even know where she lives. Like, how am I supposed to do this? And Chisato's like, just... Like, take her to the hospital, dude. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's a big building where you take people who aren't doing well. Just go there. So, um, this next part is like, there's, we're running super long, but there's like, it's just a very dense episode. 
So Mega Yellow is like, she calls her Cyber Slider. She radios the other Rangers. She's like, listen, I know you're kind of firing blind, but just like shoot into this spot. This is, or go to this spot. Like this is where this dude is going to be. Yeah, go to SA. They all get on their cyber sliders. Yeah, they all get on their cyber sliders. Can I? Can I? They go there. Aside with the they cyber get blasted sliders by lightning. The what now? A brief aside with the cyber sliders is that yeah. uh, they summon them by pressing two five nine on a keypad, and it's the same voice as when they hit three three five on their uh, digitizers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is. I don't know if there are other possible number combinations, but now we know there are at least two. Yeah. So basically, like, they get blasted with lightning, and then Mega Black shows up, and but the bee is still invisible, and he's like, we don't have time for this. Mega Pink, use Pink Mega Capture. And she does that, and then that somehow she fires into the exact right spot, and then he becomes visible. Well, Mega, bee, Capture is, becomes uh, visible. Mega Capture is a... Um, like a little radar gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of it as like a satellite dish, but your thing makes more well, sense. Well, no, the, the satellite power... Again, as we said last week, satellites and cameras and cell phones with... Uh, and digital TVs. Like they, oh. they all kind of do the same thing. <laughs> so, um, so they do, and they blast him, and then they all pull out their blasters, and they do final shoot, and they blast him. And I'm like, oh, rad they put him up in space so they can do, like, the final giant battle in space. Nah, dude just tumbles to Earth and survives re-entry, and then they fight him on the ground, which I think is very dumb. Like, I would really like to have... I don't know if it's expensive to shoot or something. I would love to have more uh, Galaxy Mega fights up in space. Would be very cool. Uh, So, he's yeah, he survives re-entry. They come down. they, They hit him with a move they call Digital Combination, which again, it's extremely disappointing. I really thought they were going to combine their weapons, but they don't. It's like a, it's like a, it's not. They just all hit him in a yeah, row. Yeah, it's like a fighting it's, game combo where you hit people a bunch of, which I guess makes sense because they're fighting game characters. Now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, yeah, but it's, it was a very disappointing. Anyway, game. he explodes. Uh, but you know who a has? Lot. Well, hold up, hold up. You know who has a very good attack before they actually hit him with digital combination is Bean-Ezere. Bean-Ezere oh, yes. is an extremely cool attack, which is he just shoots like a million robot bees out of his heart. Yes, and it, now that we're into like the late 90s, we're getting into the era of like early bad CGI. But it's like a swarm, so it's a little bit more yeah, convincing. Yeah, it's a swarm, uh, it's and they're super small, cool. and they're robot bees. They don't have to look that realistic. It, like, when yeah. I saw it, I was delighted. Yeah, so... Would you say you were belighted? You would not. So, uh, (laughs) um, so they blast him, and he goes down, and then he gets infected with like the giantizing virus. And I would like to—I want to point something. Yeah, I was gonna say there's there definitely needs to be an aside here when he is grown by BBDB, giving him that evil virus, giving him that Grojat virus. Yeah, because what happens is that he screams as though he's in horrible pain. Well, because also the way that BBDB like makes them grow is that he infects them with a terrible virus, and the way he does it is by like jumping on them and biting them. So whatever Doctor Hinalar did to BBDB, it's like BBDB is a carrier vector 
for this virus that is passed along by him biting the dying bodies of Nezere beasts. It's gnarly. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't seem like becoming a giant is like a pleasant a pleasant experience. And you know what? Again, that's another another point for Mega Ranger, which is that like, you know, in other shows, you don't always know why the characters don't go giant to begin with. Now, you know. <laughs> yeah, it sucks real bad. So they summon Galaxy Mega. Uh, we do see a new weapon. We see a new weapon, which is the booster rifle, which is pretty neat. And aside from that, the, the fight is not terribly interesting, except that he, uh, the shield is proving to be a way more consistent part of Galaxy Mega's uh, arsenal than I anticipated it being. Like, it's in play a lot, and I think that's very cool. Yeah. So that's it. They they kill B. Nezere. Uh, sorry, B. Nezere. You were very cool, but now you were dead. And exploded twice. Yep. And uh, that's pretty much it. We, oh, we have our final scene. And it's Kuchu and Mishima. And Kuchu's like, listen... They're like a fountain, and the rangers are creeping. They're like, what's going on? They're like, shut up, I'm trying to Very hear. Very similar to the end of the previous episode. Yeah. It's, I really love the fact that they are both superheroes and like deeply involved in like the gossip of each other's lives. So Koichu says, like, listen, uh, Mishima, like, you're super nice, but like, I really just like, don't have time, and like, I'm not interested in dating right now. And she says, oh, like, that's totally cool. I was actually about to dump you anyways. I found somebody new. He's the new love of my life. And I... Don't worry. I so thought in this moment that she was going to say, Mega Black, I am in love with the superhero I really who did too. Me. No, turns out uh, it is it's not. Taki, just some guy with a cool car. Yeah, and that's, that's it. <laughs> and then she's like, don't worry, Kuchu. You'll find love someday. And then Kuchu pulls like another great expression. And he's like... He's both, like, relieved and also confused and also, like, questioning whether or not he's actually a little bit sad about this. Right. Like, I don't think that he's sad that he is out of this situation, but, like, the knowledge that she could drop him so easily is certainly a blow. Yeah. You know, uh, you know to, to, to perhaps to his... So ego. the other four walk over and they're like, oh, man, uh, sorry, bud. Gosh, you really need help with the ladies, don't you? Let me let me be your coach. Uh, Chisato says, like, listen, I'll take you out for ice cream to mend your broken heart. Um, and Kuichu was like, no, uh, excuse me, I am fine. And they're like, no, 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 no. Your heart is broken. We can see it, like, beneath your stony exterior. Very good. Very <laughs> good episode, Dave. That is the end of that episode. But, of course, it is not yet the end of this episode. Because first, we need to determine where B. Nezere lands in the Creature Royale. Okay. So, as I mentioned, uh, the plan that he's part of is pretty good. He doesn't really have any personality uh, to, to speak of. That is true. But he is he looks so cool. He, this, he looks like, uh, like a B. Transformer superhero. Yeah, he looks like a bad guy from Mega Man X. Yes, yeah. Um, his right arm is like a beehive, it's like a beehive like a twisty beehive. Yeah, but like a Gatling gun because it's got a bunch of 
It's got like a bunch of holes in it. Like just like go check out Benazare. He's extremely cool looking. Right. Uh, so he can he, turn invisible in like he, space. He can shoot lightning blasts that knock buildings over. He's got swarms of bees he can shoot at you. Oh, he can mind control you by attaching a robot bee to like the back of your neck behind your ear. We saw that very briefly. So, yeah, so I feel like a good place to start, Matt, is uh, Kameitachi the Sickle Weasel. He's at splat number 61, because he also has, like, a mind control, like, thing going on. Yeah, now his mind control thing was a less effective plan, but it was a lot more creepy, because he was using, it, yeah, like, it was very interesting. juice boxes to turn school children into demons. Yeah, but like B okay, and again, I really cannot overstate how cool B Nezare looks. Yeah. He looks way cooler than Kameitachi. Absolutely. And the plan that he's part of is very effective. And I feel like we're gonna get a lot of this. It's feeling to me like this is gonna be a season with very strong lieutenants mm-hmm. that are like doing a lot of the stuff and that the the monsters are gonna be kind of like you know, like executing plans. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who was sort of similar in that, like, it was a plan of the lieutenant. Actually, okay. So, uh, number 70, Ant Bazooka. It's a few spots below Kamatachi the Sickle Weasel. Um, Ant Bazooka, you know, he turned people into ant people. And yes, then those, that's extremely And then creepy. those ant people, like, ate a herd of cows. So that was really bad. Um, and he was another like bug dude with a gun arm. Benezere look looks okay. way cooler than him. I will say that. And frankly, he like, does is probably. I think Benezere is cooler. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I would say that. Um, Not as, I don't again. The thing that Aunt Bazooka did was scarier, but the actual monster was not as cool as Benazare. Okay, so I would say, does he go as high as... I actually think I like him better than BB Donpa, too. But I don't think he's as good as Barra Fawcett. Barra Fawcett's amazing. Barra Fawcett is very good. So I would say just below Barra Fawcett at the new slot number 69. Very nice. Okay, now that is going to do it for another episode of the spy who loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there, tell a friend. Just get the word out, man. Tell, tell them about our new opening segment, Top of the Tops. Can't beat it. It's the Tops the tops of them <laughs> super sentai brothers are a production of retrograde orbit radio if you'd like to listen to any of the other great retrograde orbit radio shows you can do it all at retrogradeorbitradio.com once again we are the super sentai brothers i'm matt i'm dave and we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth mega, mega, mega. Tenji sentai.